0: Welcome, Willow Park Church and our friends online. We are so glad that you've joined us as we celebrate together the goodness of God and keep believing that the Lord is with us, that the Lord will strengthen us, that the Lord surrounds us in his goodness and in his grace. What an opportunity we have at this time to share the love of Jesus with people in our community. We're starting to think about Christmas now at Willow Park Church And of course, it's not going to be the same. We can't do living nativity. Usually we have 8,000 people come through the church in those weekends in in December. I love living nativity, but we're not able to do that. So what we want to do and what you will hear about, we want to turn that volunteer engine, that power, that strength that resides within our church, and we want to bless our community through acts of kindness, through giving. And we've devised something which you're going to hear about using, yes, Christmas stockings. Kind of a Christmas stocking appeal. You're going to hear more about this, but we want to bless organisations like the Pregnancy Care Centre. We want to bless the shelters in the city with these stockings full of gifts and things that will encourage the people that receive them. We want to bless the gospel mission and the many that relate there, over 200 people that relate to that ministry. We want to bless Metro Community. Oh, let me tell you something. As we look towards Christmas, and it's going to be here quickly, we want to bless people. As a church, we want to reach out, we want to create opportunities, and we're calling this whole event the gift of Christmas. Often we say, living nativity is a gift to our community. Well, we can't do that, but what we're going to do is this, we are going to give the gift of Christmas to people opportunities to care, opportunities to connect, opportunities to show the love of God. So be watching out for that, particularly as we talk about it on the Willow One News. So now I'm going to turn over to Curtis and the band, and they're going to lead us in worship. Before we do that, let's pray together that God will be with us. Gosh, we're seeing big changes around the world, not only the pandemic, but elections. And like never before, we just want the peace and the presence and the power of God to be at work. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to celebrate your goodness and share your goodness with the world, with society. And I pray, God, that as we step into worship and as we listen And as we engage, that you will bless every individual who is watching this service online. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning.
1: Welcome. Welcome to Willow Park Church. From wherever you are watching, we are glad you are with us. We're all together in in that way. Praising the Lord and... being here in his presence. The light of our lives. Hey, John 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it amen there was a man sent from god whose name was john he came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe he himself was not the light he came only as a witness to the light The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, you...
2: claim
1: save us, Jesus. Oh, we were so in need of saving and we still are. May your light shine in every corner of this world, in every corner of our own hearts, wherever there is darkness. We bring your light with us to share in what we just sang about, hope, joy, love, peace, and love praises rise to you.
2: we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away, washed away. Hosanna, Hosanna. You are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. do oh. In your presence, all our fears are washed away, washed away. face the day In your presence all our fears are washed away Washed away Hosanna Hosanna You are the God who saves us Worthy of all our praises Hosanna 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 hosanna
1: hosanna We welcome you here Lord Jesus come every way among us our strength that makes it through the day heart of the Father, so massively full of love and beautiful. Thank you that we're never alone when we have you, we have you in
3: I just pray that um, as we go forward with the rest of this service, God, that you would just teach us something new about yourself. God, I pray that we'd be humble, that we'd be willing to receive from you what you might have for us today. Um, yeah, would you just bless the rest of our time? Um, would you pour your anointing over it? Um, and may we be fully aware of you um, and your presence today. Yeah, we love you. and pray this in your name, Jesus.
0: What a perfect way to finish. Declaring that you are a good, good father. How do we know that God is good in our lives? Well, we know that God is good because he's restored that intimacy, that relationship between us and God. Let me remind you something. Human beings were created to have an intimate relationship with God. But of course, what happened at the fall was this. In that place, we lost that innocence. When you read the opening chapters of the book of Genesis, you see the innocence that there was in humanity, Adam and Eve. There was a beauty. There was an innocence. There was a purity. Their characters were absolutely pure. Along with that innocence came came in intimacy. The Lord came and walked with them in the cool of the evening. What a beautiful poetic line that is, that the Lord came and walked with them. So they had that intimate of relationship that was present. But then, of course, rebellion came, paradise was lost, and that separation came, and humanity experienced the pain of our fallen nature and the pain of of sickness and agony within the world. And we see that played out in our geopolitics. We see it played out in our own families. We see the results of man's selfishness and man's sin being played out. And yet Christ came to bring us back to God. He came to set us free. He came and died upon the cross. So let's take the bread And let's pray together. And Lord Jesus, we remember that you gave yourself for us upon the cross. And you paid the price. We remember that your body was broken for us. And we thank you for the absolute ultimate sacrifice you paid upon the cross. Blessed be your name. The body of Christ broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of him. The blood of Jesus that takes away the sins of the world, takes away shame, takes away guilt, takes away the separation. It gives us access to the Father to bring our prayers before the very throne of God. All achieved by the blood of Christ that takes away the sins of the world. Drink it in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. His blood, his life, was a substitute for us so that we could receive life. The blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, it's time to uh, move to our respective uh, campuses and to hear the messages from the south and from here at Highway 33. Uh, Thank you for your generosity in giving. Thank you for the way that you're clicking and donating and giving your tithes and offerings. We're so grateful. And can I encourage you to keep praying about uh, your support Uh, for the ministry and for the mission of Willow Park Church. Thank you so much. And uh, here is the Willow One news.
4: Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Whether you're joining us from church online or one of our dwell gatherings, welcome and here's your family news. Just a reminder that our annual general meeting is happening today at 3 p.m. at Church at 33 and Church Online. If you've already registered, you should have already received a confirmation email. We look forward to seeing you there. Parents and kids, you are invited to a super fun family event happening at all three of our locations this December. Join us in Rutland, the Mission, and Lake Country on December 18th, 19th, and 20th for Gingerbread and a Manger. We'll be playing games, having treats, singing carols, and, of course, making gingerbread houses. Cost is $10 per child, and you must pre-register. You can pre-register today at willowparkchurch.com gingerbread. GLOW, our youth group for grades 9 to 12, happens each Wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m. Juice, for grades 6 to 8, happens Thursday night from 6.30 to 8 p.m. This week is our big group night, and youth will need to pre-register before they can attend. Visit cahoots.ca for more information. As we all know, COVID has impacted the way we do things around Willow Park Church, and this Christmas season will not look the same as in previous years. Instead of doing Living Nativity, this year we hope you will get involved in our Gift of Christmas initiative. The gift of Christmas is a three-part mission to bring the love of Jesus and the true meaning of Christmas to our community. We will be doing this in three ways. The first way will be by filling stockings with gifts for people who are vulnerable and alone this Christmas. The second way will be by serving, and we will invite you to join in helping others in need. The third way will be through singing. We are currently working on a way to safely bring the sounds and music of Christmas to communities around Kelowna and Lake Country. First things first, we need stockings. If you are a sewer, then please pick up a sewing pack with detailed instructions at the end of your service in order to sew five Christmas stockings. To learn more about how you can get involved with the gift of Christmas, please visit willowparkchurch.com slash gift of Christmas.
0: We all love Christmas. I adore Christmas. I love the time of year. Even from a small child rushing downstairs, there are the presents. Opening them, our family would celebrate together. You have had different rhythms in your life and in your family about how you celebrate the coming of the King. And that's amazing. And Willow Park Church has also had a different rhythm. Over 29 years, we have put on Living Nativity as a gift for the community, but that's been suspended and we can't do it. And we don't know what Christmas is gonna look like, but we do know that with all of our energy and all of our ability to volunteer, we can love our community by giving gifts to our community. So rather than inviting people to come in, it's time for us to go out. I'm reminded of the words of Matthew that said, hey, (laughs) You were hungry, did you feed me? You were thirsty, did you give me a cup of water? What did you do for me? You know that so well. Well, we wanna do something for our community and we wanna do three things. First of all, what we want to do is create gifts for our community through creating numerous stockings to give out. Secondly, what we want to do is that we want to create opportunities where you can go and you can serve. And thirdly, we want to sing. We want to go out and share carols with our community. As it were, take living nativity out. So, this is what we're going to do. We are going to create stockings. And we're going to fill those stockings. And as we fill those stockings, we're going to then distribute them in our community to projects that need support, to people that are alone. Anywhere where there's need and opportunity, we're gonna sew a stocking, we're going to fill a stocking, and then we're going to share a stocking with people in our community. I'm really excited about the opportunity to serve our community in this way. And you've probably got some questions about dates. What we want to aim to do is get the fabric to your family and your friends, individuals, by the 8th, around that time. And then after that, we want to receive back the the stockings by the 22nd. All your beautiful stockings will be hung around the church, around our buildings. And on the first Sunday of Advent, the 29th, people can take those stockings away. with a little list of how to fill them and what to put in them. And having done that, they will then be returned by the 8th of December. And then we begin the big mission in December the 13th to give them out to the community. That's the rough ideas. There'll be more details coming, but it's exciting. So get involved and let's look out and give back to our community.
4: That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service.
0: Well, welcome to Willow Park Church. Uh, We're so glad that you've joined us and able to worship with us this morning. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord together? Isn't it? So good. What a blessing. Praise the Lord. And uh, thank you for joining us online in watch parties and on Facebook Live. We are so happy that you've joined us as well. As you could see, uh, we're starting to prepare for Christmas, and uh, we're excited. Already we have uh, over 300 stockings being prepared uh, for the Gospel Mission, for the Pregnancy Care Centre. Uh, we're working in partnership with Metro Community, uh, with the numerous shelters and uh, rehabs, and of course our senior homes, where there are whole uh, groups of people that may not be seeing people over Christmas in any way, and may not even have family. And we want to uh, use this as an opportunity to engage our church family and children and family to sow. I know that for some of you, the idea of sowing terrifies you. You You're like, oh, no. For other people, you're loving the idea, right? Oh, yes. I'll tell you how I know that because there's a lady in Rock Creek. Big shout out for Rock Creek, the great city of Rock Creek, who has sowed. She has so far sown, uh, I think, twenty-six of those uh, because she heard about it, and her target is is fifty. Now that's amazing. That's amazing. That's uh, Anne Newfeld, and uh, she is the mother of Phil Newfeld, who you might know uh, comes to this church, and so she's got right on that. So if you've got the gift to sewing, in, uh, we want to encourage you to sew these. Now, we did prepare 300 packs, and actually they've all gone. Uh, with all the services and dwell groups, and you're here at 11 o'clock because you like to have brunch and lie in. Um, and that's cool. We're, we're kind of out of them, but it doesn't stop you from making a simple stocking. And then we, then, uh, we're gonna bring them all in the hall here and in our locations, uh, for the first day of Advent. And those stockings, then you can take a stocking. And you can go and follow a little simple list to fill a stock in and then they can come back and then the week of Christmas we will deliver those to all of these agencies and maybe you know people yourself that are uh, locked in and they need that and you you yourself will make a stock in and give it away with a little card inviting them to joining uh, with us and uh, knowing that they're loved and thought of and that God is, um, is at work yes so this is what's going on so this is actually the last one uh, and it's for making four stockings does anybody want it here oh I think oh, Athena, I think you you won your hand went straight up I was I'm sorry Carolyn uh, but here it is come and get it and um, we're so happy uh, that you're gonna do the four I didn't look this way uh, <laughs> but I do know Elaine um, so, um, thank you, Tina, and Tina's going to tell now, we can still keep the stocking revolution going, and uh, keep going, you don't need a, a pre-prepared set, I mean, it's all on the internet, you make it, we'll fill it, and let's bless the world, amen, a little different. And also, we're going to be then working out opportunities where we can go and serve safely. And we'll be working out how we're going to put living nativity on the road. Uh, yes, interesting. In, watch the AGM and you'll hear more about that. But um, I've got a meeting with the... Um, the local council, uh, which is the uh, town hall down there next Thursday. So you can pray for that 10 o'clock as we talk to them about what we can do for our community with living nativity, um, basically on the back of a truck. Uh, but why not? Let's, let's get it out there. They seem warm to the idea. So let's pray that they'll. They'll be warm to the idea and we can do something remarkable in our community. Amen. It's great. This is an opportunity for us to reach out. And it's an opportunity for us to allow ourselves to to do something different and to partner and to make a difference. So we want to continue to do that because the gospel is unstoppable. And the love of Jesus is unstoppable. And we have to find uh, creative ways to share God's love. And uh, you can also donate towards the stockings online and go there as well. So as we step into uh, the final weeks before we have our first Advent service on November the 29th, we're going to finish off the journey into the series of Hidden Where we've been promoting and encouraging you and I in our spiritual formation and spiritual maturity to go deeper with the Lord in intimacy. Pandemic will either create two effects for the church. Either the church will become divided. The church people will become splintered. People will lose connection. Or you will step in and go deeper with the Lord Jesus Christ. And what we've tried to do is highlight the fact that in our hidden lives, that's where the Lord works within our lives. And Jordan shared beautifully last week um, about Sabbath and about the power of Sabbath and the difference that Sabbath can make and and, and that, that lovely uh, rhythm. But I want to encourage you that the whole message of the Bible is one of redemption and one of fellowship and one of relationship with the Lord. Let me give you a little overview, a little bit of an idea, a Bible survey for a moment about why it's so important to have communion and intimacy with God. From the very beginning of the message of Scripture, what we realise is that God wanted to presence himself with his created beings and with his people. If you look at the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis has three main major themes. Of course, it has creation, that God brought all things together. And secondly, of course, separation. And thirdly, we have the Abrahamic covenant, whereby God was going to redeem through a family and bring salvation to the world. Remarkable. But of course, at the beginning of Genesis, we have creation where we have the two primary characters on the stage of creation. We have God, Yahweh himself, and we have humanity, Adam and Eve. And there at the beginning of time, they started to play itself out as God spoke. And over six days, the climax of his creation and the word that is used again and again is good. It is good. It is good. It is very good. And that is... His climax of his creation was what? His climax of his creation was humanity. You and I made in the image of God and God breathed life into humanity. Chapter 1's climax is humanity being created. Chapter two's climax and everything is really about how God then comes to be intimate and close and commune with humanity. In the beauty of creation, the beauty of the garden, where there was no sin, where there was no sickness, where there was a choice to be made about uh, the tree and the fruit. But it was about intimacy. It was about the Lord coming and walking with his creation in the cool of the evening. The Lord's communion, the Lord's connection. There was no chaos, there was no pain, there was no sickness in the garden and then of course sin entered the world and chaos. You see Genesis deals with chaos, it deals with creation and it deals with God's character. And what do we learn about creation? We learn that it is spoken by the word of God that God created all things. What do we learn about God's God's character. We learn that God's character is that one he wants to commune with his created, his creation. He wants to come and speak and be close. And what do we learn about the result of sin in those first chapter 3 to chapter 11 of Genesis? We learn that sin creates chaos. It creates pain. It creates agony, right? And from the moment of separation and the fall, what God then wanted to do was bring humanity back into covenant relationship with him. He wanted his presence to be with us. Whether he walked with Abraham, whether he guided Moses, when he was with Joshua, when he anointed Saul and then David, as he spoke through the prophets, as God moved through the nation of Israel, the one message was this, that God wanted Emmanuel, God with us and to be with us. And the way that that relationship was cemented was through the work of the cross. That Christ came and died so that we could be forgiven, taking the punishment upon himself, opening the doorway, so that humanity can once again know what it is to walk with the Father in the cool of the evening. All the way through the end of creation. And that's why it's so important in our Christian life that we live and we talk and we pursue an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that we want that closeness, we want that intimacy to flow, we want that communion and that connection. We are truly looking for paradise that has been lost and that can be regained through faith in Jesus, through the work of the cross, and through the redemption that Jesus Christ purchased. And that's why often we talk about God's voice. That we want God to speak to us. That we want God to be close to us. And of course, you've heard me say many times, the primary way in which God speaks to the believer is through the word of God and scripture and the Bible, which is the filter for everything within our lives. Beyond no doubt. Firm, scriptural foundation, strong uh, uh, doctrine and a knowledge of Christ and his war that he achieved. But then I do know that within our lives, We are looking for that voice of God to come and to speak to us. That moment when he comes and speaks. That moment when he works. Now there's many reasons why people don't hear God's voice. There are many reasons. Some of them is that perhaps number one is that somebody just does not want to hear God's voice. They're like putting their fingers in their ears and going la 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 la. I do not want God. I do not want God to speak to me. Remember that when your little toddler did that and you're trying to talk to the toddler and rolling around on the floor with the fingers in the ears? Yes, have you seen that? It happens. They still do it in their 20s. Let me tell you that. But then there are those that don't want God to speak unless they know what God's going to tell them to do. They don't want to trust God. Because to trust God is hard. And then there's those that really the truth is that sin separates them from hearing God because they're not dealing with the power of sin in their lives. There are those, as Samuel had to learn when when the Lord spoke to him, there are those that simply have not been taught how to discern and listen to the voice of the Lord. There are those that are unbelievers. They just don't believe that God speaks in that way today and that God can interrupt our lives. Sometimes... They worry about when you start to talk about God speaking, what may happen to the church. Because we, of course, as Corinthians teaches, we want everything to be done in absolute order and correctness. And that is important. But when it comes down to our relationship, there are some people that simply do not want a friendship with God. They prefer God as a distant, removed force that they look to, but they do not want that intimacy with Christ. Some people are just too busy. Too fast, always moving around, always doing. Have you met those people? Some people just simply talk too much and never listen. At that point, you say, Phil, be quiet. I can talk, that's true. But there are those moments But I I wonder sometimes when we look at our lives, when the world is talking all the time, and possibly this week, you have been through the noisiest week in the history of news media. True? Not only have we had the COVID uh, crisis continuing to grow in Canada, not only have we seen many northern European countries go into lockdown again, but we have watched an election In the United States, you and I know more about the electoral system in America than you do about the parliamentary system. At least I feel I do now. I mean, I know what the number 270 means. Now, I've got that embedded in my brain. Yeah, right? And and my kids are going, even my kids, why hasn't the number changed? Why hasn't the number changed? Where are the numbers going? We've been bombarded with noise. We've been bombarded with 24 7 news coverage. We have been bombarded on every level within our lives. No wonder it is hard for Christians to hear God's voice today. But often, what we're doing is the reason we don't hear God's voice is that we're listening for the loud voice rather than for a quiet whisper. The loud voice. We're looking for the spectacular. We're looking for the big moment. We're looking for the church to open up and for angels to appear wearing long white nighties from Zellers. I don't know if you remember Zellers. But we're looking for those moments. And yet I believe that God's preferred way of often speaking to us is through a gentle whisper. You remember this story. Elijah was exhausted. He'd called down the glory of the Lord and the fire had burnt up the sacrifice. The priests of Baal had ripped their bodies and slashed their arms and their chests, calling down on Baal to come in power while Elijah stood there, Jezebel was was present and ruling in the nation of Israel and Elijah the prophet was declaring the glory of the Lord and witnessing all that God could do and he got burnt out, he got exhausted he ran off and the Lord attended to him and he found himself in a cave have you ever found yourself in a cave? spiritually, life has been tough life has been hard And you really want God to speak, but you seem to be held in. You seem to be hemmed in. You seem to be in a dark place. You seem to be struggling. And you're looking, come on, God. Come on, God, show me. Come on, God, speak to me. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came what? A gentle whisper. So often what we're looking for is the earthquake, the fire and the wind. But what we need to do is to stop and to be still and to listen for the gentle whisper. I believe... That the gentle whisper is the preferred way that God desires to speak to you. That God comes to us. And maybe you're going through the earthquake. Maybe you're travelling through the fire. Maybe it has been tough and hard in your life. Maybe you need that gentle whisper. I was fascinated by this phrase, gentle whisper. It's so soft. It's so so it denounces an idea in the Hebrew of, of almost like some, something that is like, like dust, like, like grain, like something that has been, been taken and it gently, it starts to, to be present. It is, it is a sense, it is a moment when, when God is starting to communicate to the broken prophet and comes close to him and as he comes close to him the gentle whisper the word whisper has 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 a beautiful hebrew connection to the word incense men do do your wives buy scented candles occasionally have you had that experience it's christmas is coming and we will have red scented cinnamon candles appearing miraculously in our homes. And our, our our beloveds like them, don't they? I don't want to stereotype, but I'm sorta of am and 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 you walk into the house and you go, Hmm, I can smell something. What's that strange smell? Oh, it's the smell of big white and snow and the smell of Christmas and mince pies and it's the smell of turkey and it's the smell of crackers being pulled. Oh, it's a Christmas smell. It's the smell of pine trees blowing in the wind. It's amazing what they can put in candles these days. All of those at once. It's the smell of plum Pudding and custard If you don't know what custard is Then I am sorry for your loss But There's that moment And and the word whisper Has a sense of incense That you are seeking the Lord And suddenly Oh yes You gain something You see something Something you missed. Something you had overlooked. Something, somehow the Lord comes close to you. Maybe like the lady who broke the perfume on the, on, on the feet of Jesus in Bethany. And there the smell filled the house. At that moment, you know that in all of your earthquake, in all of the fire, in all of the battle, suddenly you're sitting still and you You get the incense of the whisper of God and God says something. You know, yes. It's not loud. It's not spectacular. But it's perfect for you. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. I mean, this is fabulous, isn't it? And then a voice said to him, the tender voice of the Lord. What are you doing here? Elijah. Have you ever had that? That moment? What are you doing here? Why are you been stuck in this cave? Why are you having this pity party? Why are you living in resentment? Why are you angry with bitterness? Why have you allowed it to get out of control? What are you doing in this cave? Six words changed Elijah's life. And Sometimes, to be honest, just a word when you're in prayer can change things. Just a sentence from scripture that comes alive can bring you out of the cave. Just a moment when a scripture is posted on Facebook which you've never noticed and it pops up. And for some reason, it's at the perfect moment in the perfect way and God speaks. I don't know how, but I want to encourage you to be aware of the fragrant whisper of the Lord in your life. To speak to you. See, but how do I get this? I'm stuck in my cave. How do I get there? Well, I think it starts here. Be still and know that I am God. The word know is interesting in the Hebrew. It denotes the idea of of somebody that understands deeply about something. For example... Knowledge, it is used in numerous ways in the Old Testament. It's used, first of all, that those of you who have been hunting this weekend and tried to shoot something but have failed miserably. I hear uh, a hunter not looking at anybody particular over this side, uh, but our prayers are with you, Pat. Uh, but. We it's used in the Old Testament this is encourage you Pat in the Old Testament this word knowledge is used for one who has learned how to hunt things that's exciting it's used for one who has learned to play an instrument one that understands the knowledge and the precepts and the understanding of who God is in other words it's somebody that knows a lot about something And when you know a lot about God's character and you know a lot about who he is, and then you're able to sit and be still and know that he is God, it's in that still place where you understand good truth, where you understand the truth of doctrine, where you understand God in your life. You travel to that spot where God is so real and God is there for you. But we have to be still, don't we? But be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. You ever found that when you're sitting still with the Lord, your mind gets full of everything else? And you start thinking about absolutely everything? How, how many have been there? Oh gosh. It's like, I sit still, amen. I've taken to going into my yard, lighting the propane fire, sitting by it, pretending I'm doing gardening. And then I sit there and sit still before the Lord with the propane fire going and my Bible. And they're just nice in the presence, But then I find that I'm thinking about this, this, I need to do this, I need to do this and It's as simple as taking a notepad and as things pop up in my mind I write them down and then I give them to the Lord and I keep focusing on knowing God Because the important thing is, is that But I have stilled and quieted my soul The Hebrew for soul is the inner working of the personality of who you are inside. I guess modern psychologists would use it as your ego, or your thoughts, or your ideas. There was the inner person in Hebrew thinking, and there was the external person of which we present to the world. And when we go deeper into God, we learn to come and we learn to suspend our inner soul so we can be quiet, but I have stilled and quietened my inner personality, my inner narrative, my inner talk, my inner conversation. I have have stilled that so I can commune with the living God, so I can come close. It's so important that if we're going to hear God's whisper and see God's word come alive to us, that we are willing to pause and we're willing to be still. For God alone, my soul waits in silence from him. And today, boy, comes my salvation. We need that silence. We need to practice silence because there is too much. Listen, Christianity and the ancient teachings of the Old Testament going back to the very beginning of time was that within that communing of walking with God in the cool of the evening that we learn to quieten our chatter down and we learn to be silent before the living God. And in that we learn to deal with our sin because what stops us from hearing and sensing the fragrance of the incense of the Holy of Holies and the whisper of God and the illumination of Scripture that opens our lives is when we do not keep a short account with God and we allow sin to corrupt our heart And stop us from communing from God. Another area that takes place is that we're often impatient to hear God. Or we're rushing around all the time. I need to hear it now and I need it now. Christianity is not a drive-through religion. We are not into quick sugar fixes. It is a pilgrimage of longevity as God forms and works within our lives and changes the landscape of who we are and adapts our character and moves within our lives. If you're looking for drive through Christianity, it will leave you exhausted, unnourished and it will leave you uh, distant from God because Spiritual formation can only happen over consistency and over time in the foundations of what God is building within your life. It can only happen that way. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and for six days the cloud covered the mountain. And on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. Sometimes we want to go into the cloud, but often it takes days, it takes a period, it takes time to know what God is doing in your life. I don't think it's any mistake that it was six days of creation six days of process six days of god forming and on the seventh day god spoke to moses and that should encourage us because often It takes time, but while we are waiting for God's answer, if we allow it, God and his presence and his cloud and his word within our lives is shaping our character and moving within us to do something. And then on the seventh day, wow, you get what God has been doing and saying. And what we need in our Christian walk is we need the seventh day experience when we know and we rest. And God has stopped doing that work in that area of your life. And you know that now you have heard God's voice at that moment. But often we're so impatient. We're more like Martha than Mary. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. <laughs> How many of you have got sisters? Yes, I love you. How many of you have had this conversation with your sister at some point? Why isn't she helping? Why isn't she doing this? Uh, there are three daughters in my home. And when it comes to loading the dishwasher, boy, they're like, well, why isn't she doing it? Well, I did it last week. I have a spreadsheet to prove it and a graph to show how much I've done it and how little she's done it. No, I did this. No, I did that. Three voices working away. It is a terrifying sound. And then they all pause for a moment and they go, and where's Josiah? Josiah. Where's the boy? Where's why isn't he loading? Ah, but we love him. Let, let him go. Um, sisters and their youngest sons. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, "You are worried and upset about many things. But the one thing is that Mary is right. Mary's right. You need to sit. Because you won't always have these moments in life. You won't always have these moments to sit and to be still. And when we're still, yes, we get lots of thoughts. But praying isn't a game of snakes and ladders that has to be won. And you go so far up all the ladders and then you have a negative thought or a bad thought or a sinful thought. And you go all the way down the snake to the get and then you have to begin again. It's not like that. It's a continuous journey of moving forward. And adapting and communing with the Lord. But often fear of man rather than God. Stops us from following the word of the Lord. The most, One of the most mature points you can arrive at in your spiritual walk as men and women of God. Is when you fear God more than you do pleasing men. When you've given up people pleasing and you've given up fear of man and you know what you must do because the Lord is speaking to you and you move forward in that. And when I mean the fear, I don't mean horrible fear. It doesn't mean that. It's more like awe. It's not like I have some healthy fears in my life. Like one day I went jogging uh, in the desert in the south. I was staying at a hotel and I went off jogging through the bush. And as I was jogging along, um, suddenly I ran into a rattlesnake. It reared up and it went, came right up in the air at me. I was like, whoa. I started to jog back. Now that's a healthy fear. Okay? And then I went, Oh, a rattlesnake, let me Facebook that. <laughs> That's a stupid thing to do. And I did, and then I had, like friends in England were going, Be careful, really? There's a rattlesnake? What are you doing? And then I carried on running around it and I was running like very carefully. But when I stood at Niagara Falls for the first time, I was overwhelmed with fear. But it was fear that was all. It was the awe of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the majesty of the Lord, the wonder of how vast and how great God is at that moment. I was scared of Niagara. It overwhelmed me. Like I'd never seen a waterfall like that, ever. And its power and its force made my heart go. I was just overwhelmed. Because it becomes a snare. But when we do, where he who fears the Lord has a secure fortress, because you know that you can trust God. And the kingdom of God feels like a a, a fortress at times. It feels like a beautiful European castle. And within it, there's banqueting halls. And within it, there's the king. And within it, there's all the goodness and all the protection and all the glory. But there was a time when I had no idea how to get into that mighty palace, how to get into that castle. And I'd walk around it and I'd think there must be more to life. There must be more reasoning. There must be something out there until one... One day, the drawbridge came down. And that drawbridge was the power and the work of the cross. And I was able to travel through the cross into God's kingdom. And I was born again by the work of the cross. Suddenly, I was in his place, in his palace. And it was him that was number one in my life. And so I want to encourage you to listen to God's voice and to know him speaking in our lives. And to create that space to know and capture that incense, that moment, that moment. Friends, it's, it is noon, it is on the hour. And of course, today's Remembrance Sunday. And as we just pause at that point, let's stand together. And if you're online, take a moment to be silent and join me. Whether you're on Facebook Live or wherever you are, out there on the internet, we just want to pause and we want to say a prayer and remember those service women and service men Throughout the years that have sacrificed so much for our freedom and for their willingness, and the many stories that we have as families. I know that my own children have two great great grandparents who are buried at Flanders. My own great grandfather died of mustard gas. We all have our stories. We all have our connection to the great wars and to, indeed, to modern conflicts. But let's pause on Remembrance Day on Remembrance Sunday and think and pray for those. Father we remember those that mourn today, we remember those that have served and sacrificed and we pray for peace in the world, we pray for peace in those areas of the world that are experiencing pain and conflict at this very moment. We ask Lord that your peace would be present. And we pray, Lord, and thank you for those that have given so much. May you give wisdom to global powers, negotiators, peacekeepers. That, Lord, that in areas of conflict and strife and injustice, that justice may come and peace may be upon those nations In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, quite a challenge as we um, step into the last few days um, in terms of our Sundays, talking about the hidden life before Christmas. And um, I want to thank those of you that are joining us online and Facebook Live and are with us. Uh, Keep connected and may you keep listening for the whisper in your life. Amen.